Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Estudar Direito Pelo Mundo, where I get the chance to interview people who've studied uh, abroad, especially uh, lawyers, um, people who are practicing abroad. And today I have the honor uh, to be inviting uh, Adriana Lacombe-Coiro, who uh, is a Harvard graduate. And she'll be speaking with us about her LOM experience, as well as uh, some about the application process and her work as a consultant, helping people in their application. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's a great honor to host you at the podcast. And to get our conversation started, Adriana, would you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, of course. Uh, first, thank you so much for having me here. It's uh, I've been following your account and your things, and it, it's amazing this, this work that you've been doing. Um, all right, so I'm from Brazil. I went to law school in Rio de Janeiro at FGV, Direito Rio, FGV Law School. Um, during my law school, I went, uh, I was an exchange student at Harvard Law for one semester. Then after I graduated, I worked in my own law school a little bit for a few years as a researcher, uh, and then went on to work as a law clerk, um, mostly with administrative law and public law. And then from then, I knew that I wanted to kind of change my career a little bit, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that I've, I'd always wanted to do an LLM. So that was um, one of the reasons that I applied for the LLM was to kind of try to figure out what my next step was going to be. Uh, and little did I know that my next step would be in um, the actual application process for the LLM. So I applied for a few law schools, um, Harvard, Stanford, Berkeley, and NYU Columbia, and was really lucky to be admitted to these programs. Um, and then I got the Lemon Fellowship at uh, Harvard and, and went to do my LLM there. Um, had to postpone my plans because of the pandemic. And then in the meantime, I started helping other people with their applications and then discovered that this was a path that I really enjoy, that it kind of combined passions that I had of uh, knowing different people, knowing their stories and helping them kind of uh, understand what the application process um, wants. So I did my LM kind of focusing a little bit on storytelling and human rights, which was an area that I was interested in, and equality and diversity. Um, graduated last year, and then I've been working with um, LLM applications and applications in general for a few years now. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, I guess that that already kind of covers a little bit of uh, how you decided to study uh, an LLM abroad. That's fantastic. And, and can you tell us a little mo more about your experience in Harvard? You mentioned you were there as an undergrad student. Is that right? Did you always have the goal to study there? How did that happen? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, Harvard was always uh, something that, that, I wanted it, that I wanted to do. It was actually one of the reasons why I picked my law school in particular was that um, going in, I knew that they were one of the only law schools in Brazil that had an exchange program with Harvard. Um, so that helped me pick them. And then when I was in my fourth year of law school in Brazil, so in my eighth semester, um, I had a chance to apply for this exchange program. And then I was at Harvard for one semester um, studying studying the same classes that, that LM students or JD students can take. Um, but instead of it being for one year, it was only for six months. And I was a little bit younger than, than my LM colleagues at that time. But it was a great experience, and it with it, I knew that I wanted to go back to the U.S. to have a longer um, education experience there. 
So that was also yeah. one of the reasons that that led me to apply for an LLM almost, when I say 10 years later, which is, um, it's kind of a long time, but it was the time to kind of mature this plan and, and understand better um, what I wanted to do, which areas I wanted to focus my, my LLM on. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's that's really nice, you know. And well, um, maybe maybe kind of a question here. What, what did you see difference from your exchange 10 years back in Harvard now? Did you feel a little bit of a difference uh, going back to campus? How was that? That's a great question. Um, I feel that, um, well, first it was great to go back and to to see the places that I was familiar with and to now be part of this group that I had uh, when I went as an exchange student. I really looked up to the LM students and admired uh, what they had done. And they seemed like this kind of amazing group that I couldn't reach. So it was incredible to be, to be admitted to the LM program um, years after that. Um, the the school had physically changed so there was a whole new building from the time that i was there um but other than that i feel like it was the same environment uh with great things and not so great things so i feel that there's often um kind of an idealized version of what the the experience of studying abroad can be and because i had done the exchange program i had Kind of my feet on the ground on, on what um what was expecting me so i knew for example that i would get the chance to meet amazing people um, but i also knew that i had to be very careful in selecting the professors and the classes that i was going to take because uh, on the area that i was interested in for example i wanted to have more of an international perspective and i wanted to be with professors who would um, respect or who would value um, different views of the law and international views and views from different countries. And that is not necessarily the case for every professor or for every class or every course. Um, and I knew that because of my experience at the exchange program, for example. So that, I think, for example, that made me better at picking my classes uh, when I went as an LM student, um, because I knew I wanted to, to, I had to be careful and choosing professors who I really wanted to study with. Um, another thing, I think that I didn't underestimate the amount of work that it was going to take. So it's the LM program or the classes in the U.S. in general, I feel like law schools are a lot of, have a lot of reading. Um, the time, when you look, at least coming from Brazil, when you have, I don't know, seven, eight, you take seven or eight courses every semester, and you're usually only at the school for part of like half either the morning or or the night or the nighttime um but you have a lot of free time and then you go to the united states and you look at the number of credits you can take and then you go like oh but i can only take three courses but i'm used to taking so much more and i heard that from a lot of my lm colleagues for example um and i knew that like, you can only take three classes because the amount of work that you're going to have to do for these three classes at home the amount of reading you're going to have to do the papers you're going to have to write um are going to to fill up your time um so i knew not to overcommit at least in my first semester for the second one i was i wanted to do everything because it was my last semester there so i might have done a little bit too much but but it was still totally worth it. I I got a I got a chance to do um, amazing things during the LLM program. 
Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Well, um, taking that into consideration, could you comment about maybe one of your favorite classes then? Yeah, of course. Um, so I did. I did different things during the, the program. So not only courses, and that's something that I would um, strongly recommend for people looking into LM courses is that your experience is not limited to what you're doing inside the classes. Um, so in terms of classes specifically, um, so I had a chance of study both at the exchange program actually and at the LM with a professor who's very highly regarded in the field of gender law. Um, she's called Catherine McKinnon and she is, um, she has very strong views on but she is a reference and a powerhouse in this field. And it was a privilege to study with her, um, even though, for example, I don't necessarily agree with all of her views, but to hear them from her and to hear her explain it was amazing. Um, I also had a chance to do a clinic, which um, a lot of law schools have. So at Harvard, the clinics are um, kind of a practical experience. And the way they work at Harvard is that you combine a class with hours of practical experience. So in my case, um, kind of in Brazil, we would call it a, a modelo in a way, um, but it's it works very differently. Um, it's a lot more intense. You have a lot more help in your work, and it's a lot more targeted at, at a specific area. So for me, the clinic that I took was the Immigration and Refugee Clinic. Uh, I had never worked with immigration before. I know, knew very little about immigration in Brazil. Um, I honestly think that one of the reasons they accepted me was that I spoke Portuguese and there's a lot of um, Brazilian immigrants in the U.S. at the moment needing help and not a lot of people speak Spanish, not that many people speak Portuguese. Um, but so it was a totally different field. So we had a seminar, so class once a week on immigration and on the on the topic, so on the law of it, but also on the skills that are necessary to work as an immigration lawyer. So you're gonna be dealing with people who go through very traumatic experiences. Um, you're going to be dealing with different yeah, different kinds of things, different kinds of people. So the skills you need to do that, which would go beyond understanding the law. Uh, and then I had worked with actual clients for um, something between 20 to 30 hours a week. Um, so I had a specific client, for example, from Brazil. I had a different client from Haiti. Um, they were in their in their processes seeking refuge in the United States. And I got to interview them. I had meetings with my Brazilian client um, twice, maybe three times a week at one point. And it was just me and my other um, colleague who was an American JD student. So it was a very intensive experience of what it, what it is like to be an immigration lawyer in, in, in reality. Um, and I had a supervisor who was amazing, who was closely following our work and we had meetings every week and she gave us feedback. So it was a very, very practical experience and it, it got me, I feel, to a different level in my writing and my communication with clients, even in how, um, secure I felt of, of working with this area, for example, of or conducting a meeting with someone who I'd never met, who had gone through very difficult, difficult experiences. And it was also very rewarding to be doing something practical. Um, so that was an amazing experience, kind of related to class, but not exactly in class. Um, and lastly, if I can add one more thing, um, I also got the chance to work as a research assistant which was also a different experience outside of class, which was great. 
Um, I was working for a, a Brazilian professor from the Harvard Education School, actually, um, Gabriela Oliveira. She's also an amazing professor who has a, her career and her, her work is really amazing. And she immigration. So I I knew that she existed. I knew she was amazing. I, I had a chance to meet her at an organization for at a, an event for Brazilian students and then I kind of went up to her and introduced myself and said, like, oh, I really like your work. If there's ever any chance of an opportunity of working with you. And and I was lucky that she actually needed a research assistant. So that worked out. Um, so I think that, that that was also an experience that I enjoyed. That, that was really great. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, it, it just it's lovely to hear all the, the story of how, I don't know, uh, you you prepared in a way to get to Harvard and you went there, enjoyed it the best way possible. You also mentioned you you were uh, approved for several of the schools, right? You got admitted into several of them. Um, but uh, I, as you said, Harvard was already a, a long plan. Well, um, and now your your career, your next step is being helping people with their applications. So. Could you tell us a little bit about your consulting services for future LM applicants? And, and maybe what are the main difficulties you're seeing people uh, struggle with when they are doing their application? Yeah, of course. Um, so first I'll say that I was I was really lucky to be admitted to, to all of these programs, but it wasn't um, like an obvious choice. I knew I knew all the amazing things that Harvard had to offer, but I also knew that the for example, at Stanford, this fields program that I applied to had a very specific focus on research. And that would, so if I had gone there, I would have developed this area maybe more. Um, so it wasn't, I feel like all the schools have different and amazing things to offer. And um, and it's really important to, to look beyond the name of the university and to understand what is the right fit for you and what's the profile that you're looking for. Uh, in the end, I knew that I wanted to I didn't want to live in a city as big as New York uh, at that point, which is ironic because I live close to it now. Um, but so I wanted a kind of a smaller place, but I also wanted a bigger group of people be exactly because I was still figuring out my next step. The program at Stanford was smaller and it felt like it would for kind of networking opportunities. I wanted to meet people from different areas of Harvard allow me to do that. And there was also a, a personal reason that my my husband was studying at MIT at the time. So that also, that was the the thing to close the deal, I think, at the end. Um, putting all these things together, however it made sense. Uh, and I was really happy that, that it worked out and it was a great experience. Um, and then now thinking about what are the biggest difficulties people have, I would say that the first one is that we're not used to, when we're looking at Brazilian applicants at least, um, we're not used to, to the whole idea of how you're supposed to sell yourself in a way. Um, that's a very strong part of the American culture and that's something that you kind of grow up learning how to do in the US. So you're gonna do that at a job interview, you're gonna do that at your college application when you're 16 or 17. Um, you learn, even I was, I was working with, um, college applicants last year at Fumas Nochidah. Um, and when you describe the extracurricular activities that you've done, for example, you're already practicing this skill of putting what you did in as little 
uh, words as possible, but showing the impact, showing the numbers, being being sure that your reader knows the, the full impact and the full extent of the great things you have done. And in Brazil, we kind of have the culture of being a little bit more modest. We don't boast as much when we're talking about what we've done. Um, and we need to, to kind of break out of this this pattern or this comfort zone in a way and learn to really value the things that we've done um, and learn how to tell them in a way that um, that an admission officer will truly understand and will value what, what you've done. So um, understanding what's expected and how you're expecting to tell your story, I think is one of the, the difficulties. The other one is having people actually see the amazing things they've done in their own lives, uh, which might sound kind of uh, weird uh, in the first moment. But what I mean by that is I often get people who come to me and say like, oh, but I haven't done anything. Like my story isn't great. I haven't done anything out of the ordinary. Um, and then when I start digging into and try to understand everything they've done and talk to them in more detail. And I send all of my clients a very extensive list of questions for them to answer about all they've done in their career, what they like, what they're interested in, why. Um, and <clears throat> I don't think I've ever come across someone that I said like, oh yeah, they're right. They haven't done anything interesting. Um, there's always something, uh, we usually don't value the things we've done in our own lives. And there's always a great story to tell. People have um, have all, have done different sorts of amazing things. And this is one of the things that I love about this this work is getting people to see how amazing their, their own stories are and kind of helping this uh, shine through in their, in their personal statements, for example. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. That That is really something that makes a lot of sense. I can see that happening when you when you mentioned it, I can I can really understand how people don't really have I guess the the practice of of having an exercise of looking okay. back into your career into your life and seeing how many amazing things uh, we've accomplished. It's a it's an important uh, process I believe, right? Even for um, understanding how you are uh, how you would fit in an academic community that uh, definitely has a prestige and all of that. That's fantastic. Um, well, yeah. no. First thing, I I love this exercise you mentioned, and then um, do you see something else of, uh, that people could do, maybe like to prepare for an application for those who are suing law school or those who will apply in a couple of years? Definitely, yeah. I think that there are different things that you can do at different stages um, in your life. So, for example, if you're still in law school, there's, or if you finish law school, but you know you're going to apply in a few years, there's a few things you can do. Um, first is um, you want to, you're going to have to ask for recommendation letters when you apply, for example. So making sure that you have good recommenders is something that you're going to do throughout from law school and then when you're working uh, and what that means is that you want to make sure, for example, that you have at least one or two law professors who will remember you in a few years, um, that you do well in their in their tests or in their exams, but usually more than that, that you um, that they know you outside, either outside of class that you do a research um, a research uh, that you can work with them, for example, as a research assistant or at a moot court, um, or that they're your supervisor, 
or that you ask a lot of questions in class or after class, you stay on and ask the professor about topics or bring to his, his or her attention things that um, are, are relevant to that area. So make sure that you build a relationship with that person because they are going to be recommending you hopefully in a few years. And the more they can say about you, uh, the better. And same with your uh, with your professional contact. So I knew, um, for example, a lot of uh, when I was when I uh, was working at my university, I knew that I was working with people whose recommendation would be would be really relevant for me when I wanted to to later apply for the LM program. Uh, and that turned out to be true, and and I'm I'm sure that that was one of the reasons that helped me get into these to these programs, for example. Um, another thing that you can do is well, keep your grades up. Uh, grades are gonna matter when you apply, which is not to say that if you don't have great good grades from your law school, you shouldn't apply. Uh, and we can um, talk in more detail about that. There's things you can do to to address that. But if you're still in law school and you can keep your grades up, I would definitely recommend that. Um, get involved in different things at the university. So moot courts, exchange programs, research uh, opportunities, um, anything like that, that you can uh, show deepen your understanding of a specific area of law is something that's going to look great. And even things that aren't necessarily law related. So be involved in um, sports team of your university or in student government. All these things are going to show leadership, initiative, things like that. Um, that also goes from when you finish uh, law school. So if you if you can be involved in um, bar association committees or things that show that you're an expert or that you're looking into represent people in your area, that you're uh, aware of the important discussions that are happening in your field of work, um, publishing articles, um, doing uh, voluntary work, either related to law or unrelated to law, uh, but showing that you're aware of the community around you and that you're trying to contribute to your surroundings in some way. Um, those are some of the things that you can, that you can think of to and I'll study English obviously because you're going to have to to take an English test uh, and that's going to be uh, so that the English test won't be a problem for you when you in your application year. Wow, those are very valuable tips. I I hope that those who listen to us will still have some time uh, to to keep on working on their grades and and you know all of these initiatives and that's that's so incredible. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that as people get involved with those things, it's easier also to tell your life story because you can base it off of some uh, more specific yeah. uh, cases of what you've done. Uh, you briefly mentioned something about the grades of like encouraging uh, people who maybe didn't reach the highest grades and that you can address that in some way. Uh, maybe would you be able to tell us a little bit about um, just in general, the admissions process being so holistic and something that we are not used to in many countries. Um, mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about this uh, grade situation? Yeah, of course. Um, so I would say that it's, um, grades do matter. I would be lying if I say that they don't, um, but there are different ways to, if, if your grades aren't great, then there's different ways to address that. Um, and it depends on, again, like it's all dependent on your story, who you are, what you've done up until that point. 
So one thing, for example, um, and for your personal statement will be one of the places where you'll be able to address these things uh, and where you'll be able to kind of explain questions before they're made. Um, so for example, we start law school in Brazil really early, right? At 16, 17. Um, maybe you didn't know exactly what you wanted to do at that point, but then you came across intellectual property on your fourth year and then discovered that that was your passion. And then you started it really hard and became an expert in that field. Field, You can say that and you can explain that you matured over the years or that it took you a little while to find your um, your footing on where exactly you wanted to study. Um, you can do a master's or a specific, uh, like a special specialization program afterwards, for example. And if your grades at your master's are significantly higher than at law school, you can also use that to say, look, this is how well I did after I knew what I wanted to study or after I was um, more mature to know that this was important. Um, or you can say there, there can always be good reasons why your grades weren't that great. So maybe you were working you were interning in a law firm that you had to work many hours a day, or you lived really far from your school, or you didn't have the necessary resources to study that hard at that point for one reason or another. There's multiple reasons for, for differences in grades, and addressing them and explaining them to, to the university is something that's going to help them understand the context. Because as you said, the application process is holistic, right? So it's looking at different things. Um, and if we can give them context to why your grades are the way they are, then that's really helpful. Uh, and the other thing about that, uh, when people ask me, that's a question that I get a lot, like, are my grades important or should I, and, and connected to that is, um, I've just finished law school, should I apply now? Um, and these things are connected in a way because if you've just finished law school, then your grades are definitely going to be really important because that's what the school has to look at. Um, if you've uh, graduated a few years ago and you've had, I don't know, four or five, six years of professional experience, then you can highlight all the things that you've done after law school. And it's not at all to say that your grades won't matter, but the balance or the, the amount of things that the school will be looking at in the whole scenario, the grades will be a smaller part of the package in a way um, because you have other things to add. So um, depending on when you're applying, the grades will matter more or less and you have more things to, to add to your profile, for example. Wow, that's incredible. It really um, makes me just want to go through a, a session preparing for an OM just to get to know my story <laughs> better, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I often say that uh, application processes are a lot like therapy, like you have to stop and think about everything you've done in your life up until that point, and where you want to go next. Uh, and it's a very getting to like self knowledge, I feel is a really important part of that process, because it will help you to tell your story in the best possible way. But we usually say that um, you can tell the same story and lawyers know that very well. You can tell the same story in many different ways and a good application process is figuring out what's the best way to tell your story for those universities you want to apply to. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, Adriana, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing this valuable experience with us, uh, both for sharing your experience with uh, at Harvard, 
sharing a little bit of your career, all the way in tips. Thank you so much for your willingness to talk at the podcast today. I, I really appreciate it. And would you be able to share us just maybe your username on Instagram or for those who'd like to follow you? I'll definitely put the, the contact information in the description of this episode. But if you could just mention that real quick. Yeah, of course. Um, first, thank you, thank you again for for inviting me, and it's really been a pleasure. Um, so my, I, my, my work, um, Instagram is alc.consultoria. So in English, alc, which are my initials. Dot um, consultoria. That might be. Uh, I won't spell that. Uh, I'll trust that that it will be in the description. Um, and if I can add, like I often have once a month or twice a month, I do uh, kind of general presentations on the whole application process, answering questions, and just trying to help uh, as many people as possible in that process. Um, I usually have the dates on my Instagram account. So um, yeah, so I try to, to, to speak about each part of the application in detail and kind of um, demystify a little bit the process and, and give yeah, just helpful tips to everyone who's applying. Wow, that's incredible. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you all for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.